Blog Talk Radio. Turn back, and certainly we don't want to turn back because God has been 
too good to us. He's been too kind. It is because of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. And that's why on this Saturday afternoon, we give him glory, honor, and praise. Jesus said, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. And certainly we are trying to make it into God's holy and righteous kingdom, and we certainly don't want to look back. It is the 1 o'clock hour. We are here every Saturday from 1 p.m. until 2 p.m. at www.blogtalkradio.com backslash global hyphen gospel. So you can tell your family, tell your friends, tell your neighbor to log on every Saturday from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. We are live. If you perhaps miss us while we're live, all our shows are archived. You can listen in at any time to Global Gospel. You can also write us at P.O. Box 5331. That is in Hempstead, New York, and our zip is 11550. If you need to email us, you can email us at globalgospel17 at gmail.com. It's It's good to be here again on another Saturday, spreading the gospel. We thank God for all our listeners in the north, the south, the east, and west. We have our listeners in in the United States, our listeners in Canada, our listeners in Norway, our listeners in Germany, and we encourage you to listen in. You can like us. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram at Global Gospel. So you can like us and link up with us on any of those sites and just give us a shout-out and let us Know that you're listening. If you so desire to call into the show later on, uh, we'll open up the lines for you. You can call at uh, area code 619-924-0800. And the past few weeks, uh, we've been uh, talking about Christian uh, educators. And this week, as um, in New York, this is probably about the final weekend that the uh, young people have out of school before school starts, and we're going to once again be talking to another educator because we aim to get the message out to other people. And it's not only about what we do in the church, it's what we do outside of the church. For the Bible says in Colossians 3 and 17, And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So whatever we do, we are doing it as unto the Lord. And we, because God has been so good to us, he's been so kind, he's been faithful, he's been merciful, and it's because of his mercies that we are not consumed. Our theme here at Global Gospel is, uh, comes from Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. The gospel is for everybody. The gospel, it is good news. It is the power of God unto salvation. And we want other people to know, and we're letting other people share their testimony, that God heals, he delivers, he saves, and he sets free. And we are here to encourage one another. We are here to lift each other up. Uh, We're here because so much is going on in the world. People are losing their life. People are taking their lives and and taking their life to their own hand. And people don't even value human life. But God gave us life, and and he breathed the breath of life into us. And so we're grateful for life. And he came, Christ came, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. So we praise God for abundant life in Christ Jesus. And um, once again, we I also want to thank our other um, educators that shared with us on the past two weeks, uh, Evangelist Diane Mack from Bridgeton, New Jersey, and also first late from the uh, Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church in Bridgeton, New Jersey, and also on last week, First Lady Katiana Floyd shared with us from the House of Blessings Christian Fellowship in Baldwin, New York. So we thank everyone for making the connection and um, just reaching out to others. We are going to take a break, and we just want you to know that uh, Byron Cage says God has been good. And God has been so good to us, 
And we just want you to listen in Byron Cage He has been good Anyhow Stay tuned and be blessed Is there anybody here that knows That the Lord is absolutely positively good Psalm 106 says Praise the Lord Oh give thanks unto the Lord For he is Good The 107th Psalm says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. The psalmist David says, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make a boast of the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be made glad. Then if I can fast forward, The psalmist comes back again and he says, if you are not clear, I want to extend the invitation to you. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He is so good that the apostle Paul says all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. He is so good that even your bad is not out of his reach. He will even take what the devil meant for bad, flip it and reverse it and make it work out for your good. Even when you're going through, he's still good. Even with trials, he's still good. Even with tribulations, he's still good. Even with haters, he's still good. Even with heartache and heartbreak, he's still good. Because God can take it and mold it and make it and shape it and make it work together for your good. He's nothing but good. The only thing on his bio is good. The only thing on his resume is good. The only thing on his track record is good. And I need somebody who knows that he's good to open up your mouth and act like you know he is. My friend Rudolph Stancher wrote this song. Listen. I was thinking about my problem. And wondering who to blame And I begin to add it all up And I found no room to complain But I have to say
Pastor Charles Jenkins and Byron Cage. Lord, you are still good anyhow. In spite of whatever we're going through, God is good and God is faithful. Today, this afternoon, we have our special guest here in studio in the person of Reverend Janie Mays. Reverend Mays, how are you? Uh, Reverend Townsend, I'm just great. How about you? I'm good. Are you excited? I'm excited. I've been excited so long because when I look back over my life and I see where God brought us from, not just me, but the family, all the things that the family went through, all the things that were meant for our demise, that God has taken them, and instead of making us better, he made us better. Thank God for that. So um, I, I I know you have an extensive um Resume, but uh, what what I can let the listeners know, and then I think the best way, as uh, Bishop Watson says, is that you can introduce yourself. But um, she is, as we're talking to educators, Reverend Janie Mays is a retired educator, a retired principal, a retired retired administrator, uh, and she has several nicknames. She's the Shepherd Mother. She's the the State Mother. Uh, she just wears many hats. So Reverend Mays, just tell our listeners that don't know you who you are or who you would okay. like, what the, you would like for them to know about you. Okay. Um, I am, as uh, Reverend Townsend said, I am a retired school educator. And uh, But before long, before I was a school educator, I was in ministry. And uh, I am, uh, first of all, one of the things I'm proudest of, I'm the mother of four biological sons. And I have many, many, many godsons, uh, extended family and, and people that had God, daughters, sons, and our people. And I'm just excited about the role where we are in the body of Christ. And I was born in a family of Christians. My mother, mom and dad were uh, saved when I was born, and uh, they were, and they carried us everywhere. And I guess if I saw uh, people that are not doing it, not going to church on Sunday, I thought they were abnormal because we went to church on Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. We, went, we were like seven-day-a-week Christian. And when we went we went to church on Sunday, Mother packed food and we stayed all day. So I'm a lifetime a person I'm born in the church, family born in the church. I remember waking up as a little girl. My mother had four little girls uh, close in age. We we like two years apart, four little girls and we would all we have everything on she dressed with. We have everything on but our dresses and she would we had we had no choice. And then as we got older and I'm sure all of us say that when we got older we would never go to church again but, but church was our life. And uh, as you know, as life on it. So and my mother, my mother was uh, just the average mother at sister at the time. But as she got older, she became Mother Watson. And then my dad was mm-hmm. Deacon Watson. He had been a, been saved. He had been a deacon all my life, church person all my life. So it was just like I was born in the church, and I uh, adopted it at 18 years old. I made my own personal commitment to Jesus Christ. And and then you know, as life went on, sometimes life happens with you. And uh, I was I left the south. I went up, there was something, I guess, other people, somebody, if you're my age, you know what I mean. I left the South on, like, sleeping jobs, living jobs, and go to live in people's houses in the North. And uh, so it's kind of like where I got my start. Okay. So that sounds like uh, uh, you've led an interesting life, a busy life. Very busy, and even busier now, you know, 2011. And I told myself, I said, now, when I, I like to sew. I like sewing uh, as uh, you know, a few uh, Reverend Townsend. Uh, we like we like we're media people. We like all kinds of media. We like computers. We like cameras. We like everything. So photography is my pet peeve, and I like to do that. And I told and I like to sew though. But I like to sewing is one of the things I do. And I told myself that in 2011, I said when we get snowed in, I can catch up with my sewing. Well, it's been 2011. It's 2018 now. I haven't been snowed in yet, and haven't caught up with my sewing yet. So and I mean that's and I've been super busy. I mean people meet me all the time and say, Well, where are you going next? Well tomorrow morning I'm I'll be on a plane, I'm going to Minneapolis, Minnesota and then I'm excited because on on um August fourth my young my oldest grandson got married and on yesterday my youngest son got married. So I'm just excited and it's just busy. My life is busy then on the second weekend in August we went down to Virginia, where our pastor, Bishop Watson, became elevated to the office of bishop in the movement that we grew up in, the Apostolic Faith Church of God Live On. So it's just always something going on. But busy is good. Yes, right. That's good. It keeps us all out of 
out of trouble, no matter how young or how old you are. So, so with all the all the things, your, your accomplishments, the people you've met, and the places you've gone, wh- who would you say is, has been your biggest or greatest influence in in this life? Okay, now I have to tell you that my greatest influence in my life is my mother. And then I thought about it seriously. I said, my mother. Then I said, I have to say my father because my father was a quiet influence, but he was a different kind of influence. Because you know what? We grew up in the days, and I don't, people don't want to hear it now. We grew up in the days where they said it was holiness or hell. So which meant, and and I know it, it sounds rough, but it it really when you think about it, it wasn't it wasn't that bad. It was standards. They taught you right. standards, and the standards the standards today are missing. People would do anything. They'll do anything. They'll say anything, and they'll promise to do stuff. Their word does not mean anything. But when people, you met people in the old days, my parents, my mother was a very dedicated Christian. As a matter of fact, she was led into holiness. She was Baptist when she came, uh, when she married my father, but she was led into holiness by my father. And those people were two of the most dedicated persons that you could ever uh, meet in their life, in your life. And, and my mother was so uh, concerned about education. In other words, learning, 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 learning was what you needed to do. And I didn't always understand what she meant with that education. Right. But as I, as I got older, I understood what she meant. Now, my mother, in her day now, my mother was born in 1908, and in our convention, she desired to, uh, she would, and when they had breaks, she would gather up the children. She went out and brought teaching material. And I asked myself now, she had, she gained enough of credit in her life to have a high school diploma, but she never got a diploma in her hand. But she was not formally educated like we are. But how did right. she know then that, that she, the children, she said, that was too much free time. Children don't need to be running all around. And, you know, and as we know and as you know, that your mother didn't allow you to run all over the place. She didn't allow you to go to everybody's house. And all That's these things because just too much, and we didn't like it when we were young. But when, as we got older, you understand it's too many different influences, and it's too much stuff out there. Now, when you're, you're talking about the Me Too movement and all these kind of movement stuff, you understand that your parents shielded you from so much stuff, so many right. things that were that could have been bad influences, and they really kept you safe. They literally, your your mothers and fathers, the way they lived. And the stuff they did, and I don't care what anybody say, holiness is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. You're adopted, and you walk therein. And if some, you're going to have trouble anyway. I don't care how good you live. But some of the things you're right. enjoying. Right. So, you know, and, it's, just, it's, like, it's like when you're 76 years old, you, you've seen, I've seen so many things. I've seen the lightning flash. I've seen the thunder roll. I heard some breaking down. But watch I tell your you voice. What, <laughs> bottom line is that when you walk, according to the will of God, and keep yourself above reproach. And you know what? And the, the folks sit around and say, oh, well, he thinks he's holding it, holier than thou. No. What does the word say? The Bible says it's a righteous scarcely make it. Well, with the sinners of sound God, so no matter all we do, we're just going to scarcely make it in. So so that's, that's, the way, that's where we are. So, so my parents were godly Christians who, and, and you, my dad would wake us up <clears throat> Sunday morning to pray. And we didn't get up to pray. He was he was start on us, you know. God ain't pull for you. He would go on and tell us all this stuff. And then he he would then he would pray on Sunday morning. He would pray. And and do we know we don't know now, but we probably did. The prayers, the life that we're living today is because of our parents' prayers. Somebody's prayers have us here today and in good health, you know? Right. Um right. able to talk about the goodness of the Lord. Even though sometimes we've had some health crisis, we have you know, medication and stuff like this. But we have to tell God, I thank you because it is well with me as it is. Right. And and that, that's certainly a blessing that you had that foundation uh, in your home with your parents, uh, teaching you the ways of God and teaching you and, and teaching you education. And we and uh, I had the, pretty much the same experience. We weren't allowed to, you know, say things like we're bored. Or, and my mother said, well, did you read through the Bible yet? <laughs> and, of course, <laughs> I, none, of, none of us had read through the to the Bible at that at at that time, and so we you know and then in the summertime and I don't know how how many uh, neighborhoods still offer this, but in the summertime growing up in Hempstead, myself and all my cousins, we all had to 
go sign up for the summer reading program. And we had to read books in the summer when school was out. We had to give book reports and things like that. And other people in the community did that too. And there, there wasn't a lot of time to, you know, we didn't have time to get bored because we were in something, sports or extracurricular activities or reading or, as you said, church you keep you busy when nothing else keeps you busy. Right. So, um, so you, had, you had nothing called idle time. You didn't have any idle time. And in my in my generation, they used to start with vacation Bible school. And when we say one church had vacation Bible school, the, the Baptist church had vacation Bible school, the Methodist church had vacation Bible school. By the time you went to everybody's Bible school, and then the local park had some kind of program. And by the time you stayed busy moving from program to program, from park to park, you were busy the whole summer. You, and right, you didn't have right. time to think about, think about getting in trouble or being bored. And then, and you know, you don't understand it then, but now when we look back over there, all the reading you did, all the sharing you did, all the handicrafts, everything that you did made you who you are today. And all the time, all the discipline, when you had to go, come someplace and sit down. A teacher never told me in school, watch them be quiet. She didn't have to tell me. It was That was her platform. And when, when she crossed the door, said, I shut up. Nobody said ever told me to be quiet. You know, you just know better, you know. So you did all of the things, that all the reading programs, all the uh, Bible school, all the stuff, all of those are discipline. All of those things are just discipline in life that prepare you for life, you know. That's correct. So so now with, with all this education at home, how did you go? How did you become a teacher? What made you be, want to become a teacher? Was that something that uh, you, as a child, you wanted to do, or as life went on, did you find yourself in that career? All my life, all my life, I wanted to be a teacher. But okay. As I grew up in a segregated South, okay, and then I grew up in a house where there were seven people, seven where I had six brothers and sisters, and so at the end of school. I felt, you know, my I've always had a mature thinking pattern. I felt that my mother still had four people to uh, educate. I thought it was just too much, so I just just did my own thing. I just left home and I told you I went away on sleeping jobs and just worked. But as life would have it, I always wanted to be a teacher. Came to break little, little people, people would drop little hints to you. But in 1974. Was when I got my big break. I was have been married. I got married in 64. and then by 1974, my, my big I was introduced to. Uh, it, it's, my sister said to me, "There's a free college. Your, it was your late aunt Annie Townsend, Annie Watson Townsend. She said to me, "There's a free college in what it, what it really was. It was a feeder program. It was by the uh, Education Opportunity Center out of Farmingdale, New York." And they had okay. something called, they was a feeder program, and they would get you into colleges. So I went to the first part, 80 North Franklin Street was the Education Opportunity Center from Farmingdale, and their feeder program. And there I met a nun. If you, if, you know, people call it faith. I call it blessing. I call it the favor of God. I met a nun named Sister Francis of Minnesota. And it was automatic of a connection there. And once the people, other people find out that you have, a religious background, they sort of you're like a magnet. They sort of draw to you because it, it it was just like it really was just like magnet. She took me to Malloy College, and she was she was my teacher at night at the uh, at the Opportunity Center. So I went to Devil's College Prep. So when I got so she took me there and she introduced me to her supervisor of this from HEO, HEOP program, and she said uh, and so once they got me there and I was so embarrassed because. You know, to be, I guess I was 32 years old, and I guess okay. I didn't realize I didn't realize how poor I was and stuff like that. But anyway, I was embarrassed. <laughs> he said, I, "I hear you have no money," and I, you know, I kind of quenched a little bit. I didn't want nobody to know I have no money. And so she right. said, "Then, but she said, but that's good." And I, you know, I didn't know what that meant either. But anyway, but I tell you what, people have uh, played with uh, denomination and stuff, but as a people, Christians need to stop fighting each other because there's something Correct. good that all of us can learn from each other. And those Catholics treated me so well. I mean, like, it was like they gave me a, a blank credit card. 
And in that program, the program had everything, everything. When I tell you everything that didn't take advantage, it was their loss because I took advantage of every opportunity. As a matter of fact, at the end of the year, there was, it, was, it was so heavily funded at that time. At the end of the year, you got money back. I was able to go Tomorrow to the Bahamas. blessing. I, was able I to never got money back. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I got money back. But I also graduated from Malloy College. In four years, in, 19, in June 1978, I graduated with a bachelor's degree in sociology and uh, a certification to teach grades. And, to, and the certification that I had, once you get permanent certificate, is good to now. And because I had that certification, I, you know, in 2016, I was able to help set up the High Hello Daycare Center in Freeport. But I taught, I taught for 15 years as a social studies teacher. And the reason I had the, uh, I was able to teach social studies because I had the background in sociology. So it, so the, the I had New York seven through nine. So I was able to teach social studies, and uh, I didn't go to school to be a junior high school or high school teacher. I went to school to be an elementary teacher. But because I had that certification, and uh, middle school turned out to be great for me because I was very, I am a very strong disciplinarian, and. And discipline, discipline, what people think about discipline, discipline, they think about discipline as fighting and mean and, and stuff like that. Strict and mean are two different things. Strict and angry are two different things. It's one thing you don't need. No child needs an angry teacher in front of them. No child, nobody needs anybody in front of them, real or not ungodly stuff. But I, I was a, a strict disciplinarian, and I cannot tell you, I was at my son's uh, wedding reception last night. Two girls hugged me. And of course, and when they call me Miss West, I know that they're from the school. It had it was it has been such a blessing. But I also want to say that when you when you get when you go into like a, a toy in Roosevelt, there's many there are many needs there. There's more than academic need. They need everything. I mean, as a matter of fact, in one, in one of my uh one of my last assignments, the, the principal actually went out and bought beds. So when you when you when I got into the school as in teaching. I, as I said, I had to do more than teach academics. Some days I had to stop the middle of the class and had to, I had to comfort, I had to nurture. And I found some of the greatest relationships I have, even when I looked around last night, the greatest relationships I had was uh, with people that when they came to me for academics, I also had to meet other needs. And as a result of that, I am known as the beloved, you call me the things in the church, but I'm, been, I'm known as the beloved mother and an auntie and everybody. And when people call you names that they're welcome to your Aunt Janie and stuff like this, and people have actually got angry with us because they said, they said, we don't know who's really kin to you are, but does it really matter? Does it really matter? If you need a, a dress or you need a, a food, does it matter whether I'm your biological aunt or not? If I provide it, it doesn't matter. And so, and so I, I really became a teacher because I just love education. I love, I'm, I'm like, even now, I just won't go back to school. I mean, and if I do, I'll go back to get a doctorate in, like, religion or something. But I just love school. I would just go and sit in school because I just love school and I love teaching. And then I love to share. And, and, and as I said, I've run into all kinds of situations where I had to really uh, just be more than the academics. I had to reach out. I had to use my checkbook. I used my credit card and stuff like that. And you had to meet me. There's a group of us, and I wrote to that one time. We had one little girl who went away to school. My mother died when she was in seventh grade. She would call and tell the guy was comfortable. She needed. We would rally around and get away from me. Other situations, even at we years, stuff and stuff. So it was, right. it was because I love people. Right. And God, God blesses us to be a blessing to others. I, I want to take a break, and then we'll be right back in kind of wrap things up we know you have an extensive schedule uh once again you're listening to global gospel i'm your host reverend lamar townsend in our studio today we have reverend janie mays and she is another one of our featured educators our number here in studio 619-924-0800 we're going to break this is the o'neill twins he chose me how many of you know that god chose you for a purpose and a reason stay tuned he chose me. He can use me. He can use me. Yeah, he used me. Yeah. 
Now the two, how have they worked together in your advantage at going into the education system as a believer and as a preacher? And we know that, of course, we don't um, impose our religion on anybody or our belief system. But, I mean, you've gone beyond the call of duty as an educator, as you said, to, you know, uh, provide, you know, people. Sometimes people need food and shelter and those things. How have all those things worked together in your life? They, um, and, sep- and separated okay. you from the other person that may not be a believer. Okay. Okay. What happens is that because you have faith, and uh, you you have the faith, and you know that uh, whatever these people are going through, you know you see the big picture. There are other folks who wouldn't. They, they others. They they're nice, but they may not be as generous as you are. They may not understand that. When I get, when the Bible says he, lent, he gives to the poor, lends to the Lord. So therefore, no matter what I give, I can't give enough, and I can't lose by giving. And so, and, but it's also you, you're like it's a compassion. When and see other people might hear it and just hear it, but when when the saints hear it, we hear we hear something else. But the next thing you want to do is to see you'll ask yourself, this is this is where we are. I'm an educator. And I'm I'm uh, I'm an educator and I'm a preacher. The bottom line is, uh, people are magnets to you too. Once they find out that you uh, minister or whatever it is, I had a man come to me one time. As a matter of fact, it's a connection, a family connection, not not biological, but there's a connection in our family. And uh, he whispered, he said, "I hear you're a preacher." And they, <laughs> some people get excited when they hear you in ministry, and some people, I've had people say. Uh, they would send the kid to school. They say, "But Miss West is over there," and so uh, it it has been a blessing to be that. And then you also know that not only am I going to educate this guy, but I'm going to pray for this family. You're on my prayer list. And listen, I'm telling you something that because you're a believer and you pray, see, you don't always have even verbalize or vocal vocalize what you're going to say because that's true. It's just a the enemy knows not to cross my dossier. Don't come in here. If you don't want to learn, this is not the place to come. And I've had many, many students who won't be anywhere, but they won't go anywhere else and sit down and be uh, attentive, but they will come in my class. A man made a joke one day. He said, I heard that a German shepherd could pass your class. I said, you're exactly right, because the bottom line is he comes in and learn how to sit down. That's the first thing we have to do. We have to calm the spirit down. And see, the other thing about that is, as a Christian, a believer, we know that yelling and screaming doesn't work. So I practice calm, being a calm person, calm down. The kid heard cursing and swearing and drinking and, and carrying carousing and staying up all night. Sometimes those kids' parents kept them up all week long, all over the weekend, and then when they get to see you, all they need to see is another angry person on Monday. But you go in there with that calm, quiet spirit because you've been in worship all week. I've been, I'm, I'm prayed up, I'm ready, even if you came for me, the enemy came for me, I'm ready to do battle again on Monday. But I tell you right. what, the battle got easier, the battle got easier and easier, and folks wonder why that they would walk by some place and they were all off the wall, and you in my classroom, they were being, sitting down writing, and the people didn't, when I first started, uh, when I first, I was a substitute teacher in uh, Hempstead, and uh, so, and as we talk about uh, you know, we talk about the adoption piece. The people call you auntie, people this or so. But they were actually Betsy's, my sister-in-law. They were actually her brothers. They were they actually came in, and they were sitting down writing. And somebody came with the kids. They they, they kept third because you just don't know. Ooh, right. They called his name. But he's sitting down writing. The other times he'd be outside getting high. Well, he knew. They knew. They knew that I was in there. And they, and they came in and acted like saints. They acted like that somebody had. It brainwashed them or something because they knew better. 
But the spirit right. is supposed to control it anyway. The spirit is supposed to have you don't even even when you see preachers and they want to beat and bang up, that's not necessary. All you got to do, Bible says, let your light shine. That your light right. is just supposed to shine, and your light is supposed to be as Christians, our light should be like neon signs. I mean, I'm not talking about uh, dirty clothes on your head, rags on your head, speaking in tongues and all that stuff. I'm talking about living holy, living right, being not doing unto others if you have them to do unto you, and being concerned. If Johnny comes to school and he's crying, uh, 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 stop that crying, boy. Come over here. I want to know why you're crying. Let me fix you. Right. Let me fix your problem first. And if I fix your problem, the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. And it's right there. All these things shall be added unto you. So if I fix his, his personal problem, he can learn. But if he right. hungry, he can't learn. If he comes there and he hasn't had any food in the morning, forget about trying to teach him. But that's, that's what that's Christianity does. That's what you that's what your Christian faith, that's what your a pastoral minister teaches you. That you go in with the God and it's not you. And none of this is about you. You say in, in, in this church we say to God be the glory. When it works, when one person is when if, if one person we if we gain one person, if we turn one person around, if we if one person follows us to Christ or follows to the cross, it, it's it's worth it all. Whatever we right. do. It, it, it's really, it's really been a, a tremendous blessing. And then I, and then I see people today, honestly, it's, 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 and then some of the people, the children that you knew, families and parents want to stay. You see people, they stay today, and they meet you in church and in worship. It's one of the best things you could ever see happen to you. And, I, and a lot right. of young people have a great faith. So it's just nice. Just, and then it's also, um, Reverend, you know this, like you work around people. And some of them don't do not know that you're a minister. But what a blessing it is when they learn. They say, I knew that there was something different about you. They didn't That's know what true. it was. That you are a different person. A, a believer is supposed to be different anyway though. You're supposed to change the atmosphere of that room. You're supposed to be able to walk in the room and don't open your mouth. You don't have to open your mouth, but you're supposed to change the atmosphere. Because That's you true. got in the and that, and that's a blessing. Um, God does place us strategically in places to, as you said, change the atmosphere. Whether it be if you be in the park or on the bus or the train or wherever um, we are, we are to change the atmosphere. And you also mentioned something about um, you can pray for people and they don't have to know you're praying for them. And it's so important. And, and you know, and we live in a world where. Um, no, and as as we could wrap this up, we live in a world that you know prayer is absent from our schools and and uh, Bible reading, which things that it used to be a part of society, which it is no longer a part of society. And um, do you, do you think that the the public omission of prayer and everything, although we can still pray within ourselves and in our own personal times, do you think the public omission of that has changed the atmosphere in our public school system? In your opinion? Yep. Definitely, definitely, definitely changed it because they, now they talk about this. They, you took the prayer out, guns walked in, crime, violence, drugs, everything else has taken over. And and you you gotta we gotta know it. Uh, we are content and we are, we are we are but we're not smug. We 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 are excited because we know that no matter what's going on that we're covered. See, we go in with the covering. Other folks don't have that same cover. We are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, but. But that's why we, when we go in as Christian educators, we have to cover our classroom, we cover our building. And you know what? There have always been that little nucleus of people, and almost any way you go, they'll say, we still have prayer and we still have Bible reading. And my father used to say, the world is still standing on the prayers of the saints. In other words, because uh, we're still praying, there's something that God is not allowed to happen to us, and God and he protects us as, as we go. That, that's a blessing. Um, so once again, we do thank you, Reverend Mays, for sharing your ministry, your your testimony, your career with uh, all our listeners here at Global Gospel around the world. And, and perhaps there's some other students today that have been encouraged by that, some other educators that are out there, some other Christians that are fighting the good fight of faith. Um, do you have any final uh, words of encouragement to anyone, anything you would like to say or I want to say to some of those persons that left school early and you didn't finish, it's time to go back. If you had dreams, it's time to 
Work on your dreams. Time to fulfill. If you were supposed to write your book, it's time to get your stuff on paper, and it's time to live your best life. Live on purpose. Have have every day get up with a project in mind. Do something, and just remember that God loves you. And no matter what other folks say, you can keep on doing what you're doing. And when I was in, uh, I was on my, I was in college. I I, I didn't mention this, but I had a domestic job that I stayed on for 22 years. It was very okay. nice, private family. And they used to get little, little uh, cards in the mail. And on the refrigerator one day, I saw a quote, which has been my life almost. An obstacle is what you see when you take your eye off of your goal. You have to keep your eye on your goal. If you keep your eye on your goal, you don't see all the other negative stuff that's going on around you. So it is important that as we go through this life, as we live this life, that we keep God first and keep our eyes on our goal. If it's going back to school, if it's getting a better job, or whatever it is, but seek God first. Get God in life. Develop a relationship. You you have your own personal relationship, and never mind what other people are doing. You say, well, he or she is doing it. Don't bother them. If it's, if it's sin, don't get involved in it. But you seek God first, and God will give you anything and all the things that are good for you. And what God has for me is for me. You don't ever worry about it. I, I, I got there too late. No, you didn't get there too late. It wasn't for you. When it's your time, God is going to give you just what you need, and he will bless your life. And, Reverend Townsend, I do appreciate this time. I appreciate this time to talk. I appreciate you and your family, and I appreciate God just for what he is in my life. Well, I thank you, and once again, I thank you, and I do appreciate you for sharing uh, with us and uh, giving us those words of encouragement. And uh, as the state mother or or one of the many titles that you hold, uh, before you go, can you just offer a word of prayer for our listeners? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time of fellowship. We thank you for Reverend Lamar Townsend, God. We thank you for his family, God. And God, we thank you for the young man, God, who has dedicated his life to you, God. His life is a living Bible, God. He's a walking and talking example. And God, as he walks and talks, as he tries to develop his ministry, God, his online ministry, as he develops, God, we don't you give him direction, God. Then I would, God, give him success, God. Oh, God, move by your spirit. And for the listening audience, that be those young people out there who don't know you in the palm of their sin, God. And some that mother out there, she might be distressed. She might be discouraged, God. But just tell her to keep on praying just because, God, I saw you do it. I've seen you move, and I've seen you bring my boys in, God. I've seen you bring other young men in, bring young women in. And, God, I thank you because you're just so good to us, God. And, oh, God, you've been so good, and you've given us the things that we need, God. Some things we didn't ask. We didn't know that we needed, God. And, God, I want you to move. I want you to bless this program in a special way. And, God, everybody who helps them, God, I want you to bless them, God. And, God, if he has unspoken because I want you to grant them today, God. And, God, we thank you because you've been so good to us. Move by your spirit. Send on your healing virtue, God. Send on strength, God. Send on finances. Whatever people need, God. Bless them in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Amen. God bless you. We love you, and we'll be talking to you again. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Come on, choir. Tell them what it is. Whatever you touch, whatever you
a practice. Yeah, write a book, score a film. Ah, somebody gonna walk out of here and go right into their inheritance. Come on, tell them what it is. Say it's kill me.
people across uh, political lines, people from different uh, uh, walks of life, from different places in life, people from different cultures. There were people from South Africa were there, and it was a great um, story to see how we are all connected together, how we have to live this life, and we are dependent upon each other. And the Bible says that the weak are to bear the infirmity of the strong. And it says, iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his brother. But I, I learned so much yesterday from that experience of how talented people are. And, and the, the, the thing that got me is so many people that were there, they weren't there because they asked to be there. They were there, many of them were there because sometimes um, – they may uh, have known who Aretha Franklin was. She may have known who they were. But the, the wonderful thing about it was how she reached out to so many people, and she connected them. And people, and they were in some unlikely places, but uh, she reached out to them. And all we have to do is get busy doing what God would have us to do, and God will uh, place us and position us to where he wants us to be. And that's how we can walk in divine favor because we believe that nothing happens by coincidence, but it is God's divine providence. And as we close today, we thank you all our listeners for listening in today. We thank our very special guest, the Reverend Janie Mays, uh, a Christian educator for sharing her story, her life, her testimony. And we pray that somebody was encouraged on this afternoon. Somebody can make it through the day. Somebody can make it through next week with new determination and new strength. And um, we just want you to listen to the Clark sisters as we leave, blessed and highly favored. And we need to speak that into our life that no matter what's going on, we are blessed and highly favored. favored. God bless you. You have been listening to Global Gospel. We're here every Saturday from 1 p.m. until 2 p.m. on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash global hyphen gospel. You are blessed and highly favored. Tell your family, tell your friends, tell your neighbor. All our shows are archived, so you can go back and listen again from the top of the hour. God bless you. Be safe. Enjoy your weekend. We are blessed in the city and the field, going out and coming in.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.